0: Hi, listeners. This is Basab, and uh, I'm back again with Deakin Conversations. Every episode, we invite a new student and hear from them their stories. We get to know how they have uh, spent their life in Australia, how they have adapted to a new situation, uh, culture shock, if there was any challenges that they may have faced, and choices they have made boldly while being a student in Australia with Deacon. Sometimes we need to look beyond what we believe exists and what is possible for ourselves. We can probably do this by allowing ourselves to open our eyes to new possibilities. We live in a world that has a great deal of variety. If you just not learn from your own culture, wherein you have grown, but from others as well, you will excel even more in this international world we now live in you'll make the most of the world around you by taking your education abroad and this is the very first step you take as a person as an individual where you want to be a global citizen when you want to taste different cultures of life you want to meet people from different walks of life and from here the limit is only the sky our guest for today is asif and he has done exactly the same thing he has gone to Australia from Bangladesh to pursue his higher education aspiration over there in Melbourne, in Geelong rather. Asif is from Bangladesh and currently and is currently joining us from the second largest city of Victoria, which is Geelong. He's a recent Master of Engineering graduate from Deakin and prestigious Vice Chancellor's Meritorious Scholarship winner. He was born and brought up in Dhaka where he pursued his Bachelor of Science in Engineering in Electrical and Electronics. And after that, he worked for a while as an electrical engineer. And that very uh, span of his life, tenure of his life, intrigued him to get into industrial automation and robotics, which eventually led him to study mechatronics with Deakin University in Australia. And during his time at Deakin, he had volunteered in various activities and of course as a as a vice chancellor scholar it also exposes you it gives you that platform to kind of uh, you know mentor a lot of students and you are part of different exclusive programs that also helps you to upskill yourselves uh and and this happened alongside university projects and that actually led to a contractual work with the school of engineering and we'll probably also get to know from him what makes school of engineering at deakin really different from other providers in australia or melbourne per se Having completed his studies this April, he's now going ahead to find the right job for himself. And uh, we probably get to know how it works and what is the way ahead for recent graduate. uh, And especially because of the fact that, you know, I mean, how things have changed after pandemic. So over to you, Asif. Welcome, welcome to the show.
1: Uh, Thank you, Basad. Thank you for having me and thank you for the great introduction. Uh, Great to be here and I'm looking forward to a good conversation.
0: Thanks, thanks. It's really late in the evening. I know for a fact in Australia, you don't really have this culture of uh, having dinner after 8 p.m. I mean, it's like really late in the night. So, Asif, will our questions primarily would revolve around your journey, your experience as an international student? How it differs from the home country uh, that you belong to? And probably you can also share some insights in terms of what you expected before coming to Australia and how it turned out to be when you landed especially when you have spent two years over here i'll have some questions uh, and you may want to kind of add on if you want to sort of uh, supplement it with some facts and all so my first question to you asif is how you dealt with the major change and i'm sure each one of us in this world have gone through it in 2020 especially when there was pandemic i mean you moved i think in in the year 2020 and how did you manage uh, and what kept you going?
1: Sure. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, I landed here in Australia in February of May 20. And uh, after one week of going to the campus, uh, when I was just getting everything sorted, because, you know, obviously new place, everything is new around. Even the lingo over here is different from, you know, back home. So, yeah, I was just getting used to living independently as well. And that's exactly when covid hit so yeah it's it, it has been a reality for the entire cohort okay. but yeah uh it was definitely challenging you know given that uh, you start off living independently you're gonna do you're gonna have to start doing all your things yourself cooking cleaning groceries all that and on top did of you, that did I,
0: i'm sorry i'm sorry to yeah. back in Did you ever imagine back in Bangladesh, I'm sure, I mean, you never had to do that. You had your mom, you had your probably, you know, other elderly members in the family who were probably taking care of that aspect in the family. So did you ever imagine that you will actually end up, you know, uh, doing everything for yourself, like domestic course, cooking, washing clothes, all this stuff. Although everyone does it when they're in Australia or any other country, US or UK or whatever. Uh, But yeah, how did you sort of cope up?
1: yeah so i was mentally prepared for it that you know i'm gonna have to take up these challenges but i'll be honest i did not prepare for it you know in terms of you know learning how to cook or anything um yeah so everything was on the spot you know just googling and youtube videos of you know how how long to boil an egg and whatnot so yeah it's it was all on the spot learning and yeah uh definitely challenging in the first few months but you get used to it and as you said it's 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 part of life right it's just life skills so everyone needs to pick these up eventually so yeah
0: i'm sure i mean being a student over there you definitely have missed uh bangladeshi uh pulao biryani and tahris so so um... <laughs> <laughs> I I try to keep uh, things
1: easy, you know, just eggs, rice, some dal, that's it. I I don't go into the fancy stuff because I know I'm not going to be able to make it as good as my mom's. So let's uh, (laughs) try it.
0: (laughs) Cool. So, you did your undergrad in Bangladesh and then your postgrad in Australia, Asif. Could you could just highlight, uh, we know for a fact, uh, a lot of students, I think, they come, when we kind of meet prospective students, they come and ask how is it different in Australia? How is the education, uh, you know, pedagogical structure or probably how is learning imparted uh, or delivered to students? Uh, so was it like really challenging and if could you share i mean what you used to do back in bangladesh and how was it like way different from other countries the way education is being imparted in australia or deakin university for that matter
1: yeah sure so i think with deakin university it's more systematic uh their approach is very much based on a few learning outcomes that they want their graduates to have and what it does is it uh allows the students to sort of pick up on key uh, skills that uh, they need for their industrial journey basically or basically life after uni uh the way i like to describe it is uh with a a good example uh, which is back when i was studying in bangladesh since i was doing electrical and electronics i do a lot of coding and you know uh when we had to sit for exams uh they would expect us to write on a piece of paper a full block of code now it to me that's impractical i'll tell you why because computers are invented to help people right so it just beats the purpose <laughs> now with beacon uh it's more systematic it's more practical right because the assessments are based on assignments and they're based on projects so a student is given x amount of time of probably a few weeks where they have time to study and then work on a specific project and that actually gives them uh, the capability to really focus on their learnings and um another thing is with, with exams um you know you're expected to sort of perform in a span of two to three hours on a specific day now let me just tell you this uh imagine if uh you know you've had a you've had a bad day last night right you are woken up with the flu uh you're not feeling very well you might have had a Quarrel with your girlfriend—I uh, don't know. Uh, Anything agree, can happen. Agree. So, Agreed, so yeah, agree. that that even even with that, I think Deakin is uh, with this with the assessments. It's more systematic and it's more practical, and it's something that is very admirable.
0: We're right, and I can relate with that because uh, I was actually going through one, one of those articles when they compared the education system that prevails in South Asia, or that matter, in even in in the Far East, South Asian countries. The way we do all our assessments for students it is primarily based on written exams, three hours exams. So what what students end up doing is they they mug up everything. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you have very good, very good retaining skills, you know how to retain things, you remember, you can remember, you have good memory, you have you probably get very good score. Uh, doesn't really hold true though with mathematics and and physics. But yeah, it is possible with a lot of other subjects. But when you go to an university in any of those Western or or probably Australia, I mean, if they consider it Western, education system is different. You have a lot of emphasis on hands-on learning. Whatever you learn, whatever is being taught to you inside the class, you got to implement it. And you, you have to implement it, I think, right within that semester projects assignments and then you kind of segregate the weightage between theory practical and oral, and that's how you're being assessed as a student as to what you have gained being a student in this particular course so i think it's way more different asif so my next question to you is add if you want to add something i think you're adding so, something yeah
1: i, I just want to add that yes you're 100 you're correct you know it really does help in the more practical learning but what Deakin really does well is also is, you know, there's a lot of teamwork uh, opportunities as mm. well. For so the group mm-hmm. projects, they're actually very good because the students then get to work on their interpersonal skills. So, you know, teamwork, effective communication, self-management, project management. These things are only possible when you're working with other people. And these are very essential mm. skills when you're going to go out and about after uni, right? So these are very important
0: yeah yeah it helps it definitely helps it it, just because you are practicing alongside whatever you're learning so asif i know like a lot of students back home must be inspired from the journey you had being a vc scholar what advice do you have for them so if
1: i had to give one piece of advice uh, it would definitely be regarding the application process Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that's the first hurdle that students almost uh, you know Mm -hmm. have to face right away and don't know Mm -hmm. the appropriate Mm -hmm. approach i reckon with their applications what they really have to do is reflect upon themselves and tell their story right because you're applying for a prestigious scholarship uh you really have to put on in your story that uh, compels the reader or the interviewer of why you're worth it and how you're gonna give back to deacon for you know the help that they're uh, providing you. So yeah, telling your story and highlighting your uh, volunteering experiences, your working experiences in a way that is fruitful. That's very critical.
0: That's I think that especially the fact that I mean, see what really matters. I mean, how you contribute back to our uh, society that very intent is something I think all universities kind of look at when when they're probably hunting for a meritorious scholar for their vice chancellor's scholarship program and the essence of the fact here is you're not only getting someone who is really academically high achiever but has achieved a lot of things beyond academics as a student right from school days so it's not like one fine day out of the blue you have decided that to be a really you know active person socially but rather you have been consistently doing it like for over the years and if you have those profiles definitely there are a lot of such scholarship from various top universities and Deakin especially does it in South Asia and probably we're the only university to kind of have exclusive country specific scholarship in the South Asian region so yes I'd say if you have such profiles go ahead and then come to apply that scholarship and if, God forbid, if you don't really win it, you have many other options that you can look into and we have other scholarships as well. You have studied from Geelong, Asif. Geelong is uh, the second largest city of Victoria. Not many students are aware of Geelong. First thing, uh, the first impression we get about Australia is Melbourne, Sydney, you know, all these big cities. So, if you could just tell me what Geelong has to offer. And also, if you could highlight uh, something on Geelong Technological Present, Future Present. You've been a part of School of Engineering if you could highlight CADET, IBL and stuff, the facilities. And and Geelong as a region as well. So, it'll be really, I think, uh, helpful, insightful for students. Sure. So,
1: yeah, as you said, uh, you know, when you think about Australia, the, the two names that usually comes up is Melbourne and Sydney. Now, with my case, I did not technically choose Geelong. The School mm-hmm. of Engineering is based out of our Geelong campus. So it was mm-hmm. just a match made in heaven because honestly, I love it here. Uh, Geelong is a Bay City. I live like 20 minutes away from the beach and it's like the perfect balance. It's not too busy. It's away from the hustle and bustle of a you know a busy city. Uh, It's very relaxing as well. Uh, So, you know, you get the perfect balance to work, to study and also party on on weekends.
0: weekends. (laughs) That's that's the most essential (laughs) part. I mean, you have to do it. It's otherwise like really demanding uh, being an international student. Um, So, yeah, you need that break. 100%. So, you have all those Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of students that think back home, like parents are, don't do that, don't do this. I think the moment you make it for a good university, you are that much mature to know what is good for you and what is bad for you. But yeah, I'll definitely urge you to share some points for international students as a student in Australia. And of course, uh, highlight around what they can get from Geelong and why they should choose Geelong.
1: Sure, so again, uh, Geelong beautiful place uh, you know it's very closest city that links to the great ocean road as well and you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's amazing how beautiful it is uh if you're into beaches uh you know there's plenty of beaches around and the deacon campus over here is massive as well great facilities all across the city and not just that the community It's a very welcoming community because it's a small native community. It also is very welcoming. Uh, In my case, I have found that whenever I have tried to make an effort to connect with Geelong community, it has responded back. And, you know, it can be in terms of free tours around the city, be it new opportunities for networking, for upskilling. There's always things happening. And the best part is, for international students, chances are it will always be free. So, yeah, Mm, why not mm, take up on those
0: opportunities? Of course. Uh, Thanks for those insights, uh, Asif. Uh, One more thing. Did you stay on campus or was it like off campus?
1: So, I was living right off campus, but I'm I'm, I'm actually still living here at the moment. And it's just like five minutes
0: uh, walk from where I live, so.
1: Yeah, pretty convenient.
0: Do you have good public transport and everything over there?
1: Yeah, the transport uh, system is actually pretty good. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you're walking five minutes to campus, your closest bus stop is probably just three minutes away. And the bus takes you all around the city, uh, your local grocery store if required. So, yeah, it's pretty convenient. Uh, and again, Geelong is just like 40 minutes away from Melbourne as well. So. If you're trying to go to this uh to melbourne for any work it's just one train right away
0: Hmm, that's good and and you get part-time jobs and stuff in geelong right so what was your experience in terms of uh, doing a part-time job and why do you think it's important for students to take a part-time job even if they can afford their living
1: sure so i think obviously you know you've answered uh part of it you know it pays for you but uh other than that Taking upon part-time or casual work uh, and also voluntary work, honestly, is so crucial because you know you get to work on yourself and you gain Australian local experience, which hmm. is essential when you're going to be applying for professional jobs. And yeah, Geelong is pretty open to those opportunities, be it in retail, hospitality, customer service, or otherwise. Uh, you always find opportunities around hmm. you. Hmm. Hmm
0: that's good that's good so with this we end the formal round of questions Asif I'll have some rapid fire round with you now probably not really that much student or student life centric but yeah sort of about you know what you do in your leisure time so tell me which celebrity annoys you the most Uh,
1: celebrity that annoys me at the moment it's probably going to be Amber Heard after the whole trial with Chandra Uh
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah
1: Amber Heard at the so
0: so you so I think you follow Joint App. Oh
1: yeah. like him.
0: Yes. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> got it. Quite quite evident. <laughs> so uh if you could trade uh lives with anyone for a day, who would be and why? Trade
1: lives? Uh, probably a giraffe because you know <laughs> they're so tall. I I'm, I'm just c- curious but, uh-huh. you know what what uh you know the angles they'll be seeing everything at so
0: yeah Yeah. why not (laughs) okay okay if you could talk in your sleep what would you say
1: probably just song lyrics because uh yeah Uh i i you know play music when i go to bed and you know i just want to keep them running in my head all night long so why not yeah in
0: subconscious mind you kind of end up singing the same thing yeah right yeah (laughs) right Where is the worst place you could get stuck?
1: Worst place I could get stuck? Probably probably in a dirty
0: toilet. No,
1: Mm. not not an ideal place to be stuck in.
0: Uh, I know, I know. Last, if you were stranded on an island, what three things would you want with you?
1: I would probably have... I don't know. I I can't live without my phone, so that's one. And my phone would need a charger, so that's the other. And oh, some that's, sort of that's clever. source <laughs> to keep uh, my battery and charger going. So those are the things. Clever, clever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> got it, got it. Cool. Uh, that was smart. Last thing was really, really smart. Thank you, Asif. Thank you for making it. I know you're busy, and uh so pretty late in the night Uh, I think it's time for you to sleep and uh, I'm sure I mean this episode is going to be really helpful insightful for students who are listening to this podcast good night Asif and thanks for being here
1: thank you for having me Tassab good night
0: thanks Uh, listeners we'll be back again a new episode with another new student new story stay tuned see you